Hello and welcome back to the Hot Seat Podcast where you have your host Q and I'm Flo and uh, as you can tell we're mixing it up a little bit. We're going to do a mini series if you will on this wonderful book here. Uh, we're going to do it in three parts because we got through the first four chapters and decided this would be something different that we could do because we've done movie reviews before but we've never done a book review and it's uh, none other than Kev on stage and Miss Kev on stage as the authors of this New York bestsellers book. So it's a uh, it's a great read thus far. Marriage be hard, and uh, in some scenarios it is, in all scenarios it is, in some scenarios it isn't, which I wouldn't believe you. So get into this book; it's going to be great. So hopefully, as we walk through this together, you guys will enjoy it. But before we get into that, we have to give a special shout out to the people who support us, who uh, encourage us to keep pushing forward. Uh, so big, big love to the village right there on Patreon that are supporting every month, getting exclusive content uh, that is solely on there and early access to these videos. Due to us being us, as in this is a two person team here, this episode is coming a little bit late because of technical difficulties. So we do apologize for that, so as you guys know, because you're listening to it now, it is Friday uh, instead of the usual Thursday. Technical difficulties, physical ailment difficulties. Yes, yes, indeed. So as we do, we're going to get into our first segment, <coughs> which is living with Q flow. And uh, what story? You have a story for today? Do you have? No. No, you don't. Okay. So the story for today on my end, which involves her, as in Q, is that we are uh, taking the next step of ensuring uh, generational wealth is dispersed according to how we want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be a uh, wonderful, I guess, focus when it comes to estate planning and all those things that go into it, so power of attorney, trust, wills, medical directives, all of that stuff. And so that's what we're working on right now. Uh, there isn't too much to say besides that, but that's what's going on. Uh, there's not too many stories this week. We've been trying to heal up from being sick, thanks to the kids, you know, so they got to learn the valuable lesson of keeping germs to themselves and being clean and not as Lazy, lack of a better term. They have yet to learn that lesson. Well, it's... You can you learn know. lessons more than once. No, because that means you didn't learn it. Well... That means you were, you heard it. Or you <laughs> might maybe have observed it, but you didn't learn it. I guess. Whatever. But yeah, so let's get right on into it. As we said, this is the, uh, the comedian... <laughs> the content creator, the CEO, Kev on stage, and his wife, the influencer, co-CEO. They do all things together. They're in business together. Entrepreneurs uh, started a podcast called The Love Hour. If you don't know, I don't know um, kind of what's going on, but I guess, you know, everyone has their own world that they live in. So if you just stumble upon this video, Check out the Love Hour podcast. It's no longer uh, active. You know, it went it went on to glory. 
but the episodes are still there for you to watch. They're still there for you to listen. And there's great content, content and topics that they discuss and cover uh, for those who are married uh, and those who are working towards marriage. And so uh, this is a great, great book because they introduce a lot of different stories thus far in these first four chapters uh, that we've never heard because we, we've been following for quite some time. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to get right into the first chapter, which is called Expectations Be Hard. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's pressing child care things has to be handled. Oh, wow. Half another second. Okay. So an expectations be hard is kind of like a, a soft introduction into their relationship leading up to marriage and how they have to deal with uh, the stereotypes or the, the common pressures when it comes to being church kids, CKs, if you will, and uh, trying to overcome those because there are certain expectations that you walk through when it comes to being married. Uh, which is the freedom to enjoy each other physically and intimately. Uh, there is, I guess you can say, unspoken duties and responsibilities uh, that you have to work your way through because not every marriage is going to be stereotypical or traditional. And so you have to find what, what's going to work between uh, the two individuals that are married. So mm -hmm. that's kind of briefly what they, what they get into. Steps or first steps. For the first chapter? Expectations beyond. Yes, expectations beyond. So, anything that you want to say on the first chapter? What did you think? Um, it was it was interesting to hear the full story of how Kevin and Melissa eventually end up getting together. They have some hilarious quotes and perceptions while talking about each other at their you know young stages younger ages it was quite funny um and then let's see um i don't know it was kind of like an overview i mean each chapter the title kind of tells you what <laughs> it was about expectations be hard so um, your the expectation to be with someone in a partnership and then you're coming in with these thoughts, feelings, understandings, and they're coming in with their own thoughts, feelings, and understandings, and then you come together and you realize neither one of you have the same thoughts, feelings, or understandings about how things are supposed to be going mm -hmm. or the revelations you expect to be having. Yeah. It's kind of like, ah, huh? Yeah, it's, it's dating, you know, of course, dating is a little bit more easier, I guess, if you will, because it's, it seems like you have a whole lot more freedom. And sometimes that allows some people to feel like they have more time, I guess. But when you come together, it seems like the time shrinks, because now we're cohabitating together, and we have to manage multiple things rather before you were already in sort of a routine and people just came in and probably took one or two things off your plate, watched the kids, pick up the kids, whatever the case may be. 
but now the marriage has happened and now you're leaning on each other to keep the balance. So the expectations or, yeah, the expectations do change from dating and into, uh, into marriage a little bit. Well, I, I can say for us specifically, there is a big change because we didn't come together with just the two of us like they did. They, yeah, you know, that's true. They, um, they followed the more biblical route and uh, did not have children before marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them did not have sex before marriage, too. So, whereas you and I did the opposite. <laughs> yeah. We did all the things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Both of those things, at least. So, coming together wasn't just like, okay, these are the things I'm used to doing. How are we going to share? It's like, okay, this is what I do. This is what she has going on. This, this is, what is you how do. I raise her. <laughs> yeah, this is what you stuff. do. What, and this is how she has going on. And he has going on. This is how you like to raise. Okay, how are we going to throw all of this into a pot and make some really delicious gumbo and not just end up with rice water? Yeah. So the cool thing is at the end of each chapter, whether you're listening to it uh, through Audible or if you're just reading it, that they have some questions that are supposed to be conversation starters uh, to get the two people to be engaged with one another and have those conversations. Just, you know, like marriage check-ins or check-ups. And so we're just going to pick one question uh, out of each chapter and go ahead and give you guys our answer. And we would love for you guys to give us your answer too in the comments below. What assumptions did you bring into your marriage? That everything would be the same. That's it. Just everything to be the same. Uh, I guess in the circles that I've ran in or run in, it was more so, oh, it's going to change when you get married because what you were doing now you won't be doing your marriage because the woman changes and all of this stuff. And she has, she, her mind's going to be in this place and that place. And what you guys are doing now, don't expect that to continue. You know, so that. Mm. I expect everything to just to stay the same. Stay the same. I'm like, oh yeah, all that, what you talking about, don't worry about it. It's going to stay the same. We good. We straight. I I was wrong though, but it's okay. My assumption was that when you enter into marriage, you are actually I guess how you say it's fun. You have a you have what I felt was a baseline understanding of what marriage is and how marriage goes. So like equal partnership, we work together for all things, with all things. And there's never a moment where anyone's blindsided by information about the other or because we have kids, decision that was at one point decided on together and then one of the parents changes their minds but only the kids know, so the kids get in trouble. So yeah, I just, I had, my assumption was that that was you know general knowledge that these are the things that happen and everybody knows that so let's go cool <coughs> sorry 
Okay, so I threw in the whole illness thing. Well, he's still getting through it. And so speaking to that effect, that leads us to the next chapter, which is communication be hard. Where the idea is, or what she was referring to, is be blunt. We would agree on something. The kids go and do it. And then the next day I'd be like, you know what? This is probably a better, better decision than make that change. And then she finds out the change was made and had no idea. So yeah. I'd say so. Conversation. So. Kids are all crying because they're all in trouble. You know, we told you both daddy said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. But on the more deep, deeper and intimate level, uh, let me get my notes out here because I want to break this down. Uh, what we talked about before is we we did like a four segment, which was honest. We did an episode on open, transparent communication, all individual. Uh, episodes, but the <clears throat> for that to even happen, for that honest, open, transparent communication, we believe to even happen in your relationship or in your marriage, is the creation of that vulnerable space. Uh, when you walk into that space, you feel like you can get everything off of your shoulders, say what it is that you need to say, and you do so, you know, frankly and respectfully. But I believe in some instances that you have to be courageous enough, like have enough courage within yourself to just jump off the ledge and say what you what it is that you have to say. Uh, don't let it boil over. Just say what it is and say what it, what it is you need to say respectfully. So that way, when you express your words, your partner is actually hearing exactly what it is that you're saying. And therefore, effective communication is being displayed. And so I brought that up because communication is hard for a lot of times. Uh, I guess it is stereotypical or common for men to be macho, macho man, uh, for us to be Popeye the sailor man, just taking the spinach, be strong and be able to fight through anything, no matter what. But when it comes to the emotional side of things, we have to talk to kind of ignore those things and try to suppress them as best you can. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the healthy way of doing it. And eventually, just like the the kettle does, when the water is hot enough, it starts to whistle. And so we had a thing called Man Cave Mondays. Carver is the church that we uh, attended. And every Monday, men got together and we got to talk about different things and just lean on each other and support each other and give each other advice on how to navigate through them. And we did this Facebook Live. And so um, one of the topics, I forgot what topic it was that we we're talking about, but there was overwhelming emotion, I guess, if you will, that just came over me to where I wanted to express something that had been boiling over. And so I did so and talked about depression and talked about suicide. And um, I felt free after that. I mean... Is finally off my chest. But in that, I also expressed that I probably will get some flack for this because this isn't a conversation that I had, I have had with my wife before expressing this to everyone. And so the day went well. I mean, the meeting, the session went great. It was, oh, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that, and this is how you can work through this and that. And I, I identified with that. So it was nice to know that wasn't alone in that feeling and in that emotion 
and that encouraged other people to express their side and how they work through it. Uh, but it wasn't so great because... At about 11 o'clock while I was at work, I was getting texts, messages, and a couple people tried to call me, but I was, it was in the middle of like med passes turning patients and stuff like that, so I didn't answer the phone. But you know, a lot of texts were asking if I was okay. Am I handling everything well? And and then I'm like, we're talking about their responses. Obviously, well, weren't you watching the man cave? I'm like, no, I'm at work. I can't watch the phone and take care of patients and pass medicines. Like, we're not allowed to do that. And so when I got in my spare moment after all of those things, I had to go back and find the uh, Facebook, uh, what do you call it, post. Mm -hmm. So I could rewatch, and I like kind of fast forward until I saw him talking, and I was like, "Are you for serious?" This is why people were asking me if I'm okay. So then, of course, I try to get a hold of him, <laughs> <coughs> which wasn't easy. I assume he was still in conference with some one or a few of the men, but he finally did. And he's, "Can we talk about it later?" No, because later like, doesn't <laughs> even matter. Because I will also be sleep deprived, and I think that would be a worse outcome than present. So, yeah. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Didn't I already say? I would have been even madder, so I yeah, was already mad. Yeah, elaborate <laughs> on that. How did that make you feel that I did that? I was angered. Rageful. <laughs> I really, really wanted to do what my grandma said and reach through the phone and smack him upside his head. Obviously, that's physically impossible at this point in time. But yeah, and then after, like I said, after having the initial, what kind of, why would you do that? And I settled down. I was kind of like, so. Why not just tell me about it? Like, why not have a conversation? Why instead was it a good idea to be on Facebook with a group of men for all the world to see, to share this very special, vulnerable piece of information, literally life-threatening, but with me as I'm begging you to do any of that, you're like, nah. No, there's nothing. I have nothing to say. And I'm just like, you could have said that? <laughs> you could have said, like, literally, you could have said those words. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that stupidity comes from, <clears throat> uh, because mind you, just to give time, time reference, this was before we got married, this incident happened. Um, it was my idea that when we started talking, being friends, getting closer, that I wanted a, a baseline foundation that would, and I wanted to set that because I didn't want the past to repeat itself and I wanted to be comfortable in this situation. So I wanted honesty, transparency, and communication. Now, mind you, what it is that I'm saying, I'm literally meaning that I want. I didn't say I was giving. These are the things that I want. So, the more I receive, the more comfortable 
you know, I will be in being vulnerable because being vulnerable is not necessarily easy for me to do. And I can honestly say I didn't do it in any of my other previous relationships. I don't know what you mean. Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> no, you weren't there. Actually, no. The, the, okay, so let's just say I gradually grew into being more vulnerable with each relationship. So I'll put it that way. So I, because the because they didn't work out, because I'm the one that has had um, more than one child mm -hmm. before marriage, and I guess putting the burden or boulder on my back that, oh, you have two failed uh, relationships and two failed families that are not connected. This is what I need. I need that HTC. And she responded with, openness because I am not just going to, I mean, I am a giving person naturally, including when it's talked or about with conversation, but I, my expectation is that you're also going to be giving. So for flow, I had to actually make that apparent that no, we are sharing, <laughs> not <laughs> I, we are sharing. Yes. So honest or open, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Honest, open, transparent, yeah. communication. So the I guess you can say the the nail uh, or the we how, what's this how do you say how does it say the hammer yeah the hammer that hit the nail yeah the on hammer the had head. hit the nail on the head because it was like a as calm as we're telling this story you can pretty much tell it was not calm in present past present time when this occurrence happened. I'm not sure if we used the right saying, but go ahead. I don't I don't care. They oh. get it. When it happened, it wasn't calm, but we're calm. Oh, now. that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes. So it was like I need, you know, XYZ, blah blah blah. And so another so that is something that I got from the chapter is that sometimes you do have to be courageous enough and for us as we we do watch Married at First Sight, as we've uh, said before. One thing that we learned was, you know, you can hold the hands when it's about to be a serious conversation. Or difficult. Or difficult conversation. Or a conversation you feel like you need to get off your chest, but you're worried on how they may react to the words uh, that you may say by holding hands and, and speaking through that conversation. Uh, another thing in the book they talked about was nonverbal communication is another form. And it is hilarious uh, how uh, Kev explains the nonverbal communication. So it's best that you go ahead and get the book and read it. And they talk about accommodating and compromising uh, as important uh, in a marriage as well, especially when it comes to the communication. You're expressing something that you want, that you need. And so you take you know, somewhat of a backseat to that need so your your uh, spouse feels fulfilled. And so everyone has to get seasoned and salted. It's gotta be it's gotta be equal. Everyone needs to be seasoned just right. So it's a it's a real give and take, basically. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, question. Well I, I wanna ask my question. On that note of uh 
accommodation. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of our marriage, not friendship, <laughs> but marriage, did you feel that we did a good level of accommodating and compromising with one another? In the beginning of our marriage? Yes. I would say no. <laughs> because <laughs> our leading up to our marriage, I would say yes, because we were doing the pre-marriage counseling, we we're speaking with different groups of people who are married to try to give us real advice so that way it is a smooth transition because there is going to be a change. Mm-hmm. Regardless whether, oh, we're just going to be friends still. Like, the reality is there is going to be a change. You can't be single and free and expect to feel the same way when you have a child next to you. Your mind just psychologically changed because mm-hmm. the responsibility is different. At least it's supposed to. I guess for everyone it doesn't click that way, but it's going to change. So, right. and we got married in February <clears throat> of 2020. I said, what's that do? And then the pandemic hits. And so dealing with all those different types of stressors, yeah, compromise and accommodate, now. Terrible. That was a rough first year of marriage. Yeah. That rough. was a rough, <laughs> like, pre-six months yeah. of the being together phase and then the rough first year. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah. It was very, very tough. Oh, I know. Then, tr- then trying to make it easier by going on trips, and that just made it worse. Yeah, it was not good. But we've grown from that. Right. That's why we're here today. So what question are we answering out of this chat? <coughs> um, I'm trying to think. What accommodations do you appreciate your partner having made for you? Why did you say accommodations in the other question? Yeah. What did you choose? This the I was asking if you thought we did a good job. You said no, <laughs> which I agree. There was not it was not there was no equality. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad job. It was inequality. It was a terrible job. If you could see accommodation and compromise, like physically, if you could see that, you would have saw none. So, I mean, that's how nice people would have been. So, but so the, the question is, what accommodations do you appreciate your partner having made for you? Oh, giving me the space to grow and continue to mature as a young man. And husband. Because without it, Jesus, we wouldn't be here. Because I made some stupid mistakes before this, which is the relationship, and before the marriage. So, yeah. <coughs> so, without that space, I'd be all alone. No, you still have your kids. I'd be. <laughs> I'd be singing, she was my dream girl. She could have made me happy. (laughs) But anyways, go ahead. Now you answer. 
appreciate you accommodating my very independent and reigning tendencies. Reigning? Yeah, reigning. Like authoritative? Yeah. Wow, okay, that's true. Yes, I appreciate that very much. Because mm -hmm. it definitely wasn't anything that was just going to be gone. <laughs> so I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, communication would be hard, guys, but I, we, we believe from a hot seat perspective, if you implement that, it will make it a whole lot easier uh, for you to be open, be honest in what you're saying transparently when you communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, I think I think that's true. So it, let's get into this next one. You know, it's it's kind of what's expected with marriage. I was gonna say one thing that I did get out of this um, out of the chapter that I how to say I. We have talked about it, but I never really highlighted it as a point because we have like hot seat, honest, open, transparent communication. Mm -hmm. I never highlighted it because um, they did, which makes so much sense. Because you can be honest, open, and transparent with your communication. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go over well because you could, could also be cruel while you're being honest, oh, open, and transparent. That is very true. And so they make a point to say you also have to be kind, which I'm like, Yes. Yeah, you yes, you do because there's a lot of things like I can say it this way, or I can say it this way. Mm -hmm. Got to be kind and respectful, mm -hmm. and so that leads us to our uh, next chapter, um, which is going to be chapter four. And so, hold on one second, guys, get out. We're recording. You can wait. And who was down here using the microwave? Making noise. You go somewhere. I knew it was you. What is this? Because you stomp when you walk. I just didn't hear the stomp. I just heard the microwave go. Oh my gosh. You ready? Yeah. All right. <coughs> so I want to express I appreciate it, making it easier, allowing that space. But some things need to be hard, right? And so the good thing about being hard is that there's sex involved because without someone being hard, you can't have it. But they don't, that's not the extent in which they talk about it in this chapter. It's talking about being, you know, comfortable, having the conversation, likes and dislikes and all of that stuff. And how we, in a sense, have a similar story uh, to them when it comes to that topic of physical intimacy because the church... It's pretty much I... the place where we learn the do's and don'ts, which is don't do it for the female's point of view. Like, don't do it. Retain that. Hold on to it. As for the guys, it's kind of like if you're able to get them to do it, then it's like a high five, which is kind of weird. Where in instances, we've seen it where the woman gets changed, shunned, sat down, and the man is still being able to do with all the things he's able to do within the church. It happens time and time again, all over the place, 
I would like to know someone who didn't witness that because it seems like everyone has mm -hmm. uh, growing up churchy in the church. I would like to amend your statement. Uh, we have a similar story as the authors with we have an understanding with what the authors were saying about sex and how it relates to the church because we understand for men, it's kind of, or males, it's, you know, you're not supposed to do it. But if you do it, <laughs> and everyone's got a smile on their face, whereas for women, it's like, I can't believe that you wore a skirt that wasn't past your shins. Yeah, How dare I, you? Yeah, but I think <laughs> based on what you told me about your past, you endured the same things that Melissa endured when it comes to certain acts you ain't supposed to do or being told not to do certain things because it gives off the, the perception well, okay. that so, this girl's moving quick or too fast or yes. you shouldn't wear that. Our church was terrible too. I wouldn't say terrible. Our church... <laughs> I was going to see where you're going with it. Our church... <clears throat> made mistakes when when it comes to expressing what you should and should not wear to grown women. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, what you coming to church like that for? In what? Yeah. They're here. Thank God they're here. But no, I'm I was just saying as far as the fact that although we, you and I heard a lot of probably the same things they heard, yeah. it did not stop oh, us. Yeah. And then well, it did not stop me, it, well, so that I can so I can relate, so I can relate us gotcha, to them. So gotcha, it didn't stop gotcha. me, and for you, you didn't feel condemnation. <laughs> I didn't feel condemnation. I <laughs> felt the joy of the act. That's all I felt. Exactly. So like, so we didn't have a similar experience in that way. The upbringing we, it was similar, and we have an understanding of what they're talking about in there. But yeah, I mean, I was the social butterfly. I've always been told I was a pretty happy person, so I would go around, give people hugs and say hi, and, and I got stopped on a number of occasions asking why am I giving all of these men hugs? And I'm like, you're talking about brother so-and-so who plays the piano? Like, what? He teaches me the piano? I don't understand. What's the, why can't I give him a hug? Yeah. You're talking about some, he's a married man. Now, did this, okay. did this ever happen when we did our intermission, if you will, when you go and greet neighbors and give people hugs? Did they come to you during that time and be like, why did you hug that person when you're supposed to be hugging and handshaking? No, it was always after. Oh, okay. Like, I would always hear about it after it, like, gotcha. talk. Like, no one ever was like, mm -mm, you shouldn't be, don't do that. Okay, I'll it was always, I would go and hug people, and then after the fact, it was like, he's a married man, why are you hugging all on him? I wasn't hugging all on him. I gave him a hug because he said, go and meet and greet your neighbors. So I did that. And then I went on to the next person. <laughs> I don't understand. What is the problem? Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. So before we answer one of the questions <coughs> in the book, I actually have a question. Uh oh Because it's kind of similar to what was expressed in the book. Mm-hmm. So was there any, was there any, um, reservations or intimidation because I was more experienced than you? 
So. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Wow, that's tickled you, huh? <laughs> no, no, the thought that came into my head is what tickled me. Your question was scary. I'm pretty sure what popped in your head is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, no, I was not, I didn't have any hesitations with the fact that you <laughs> had more experience than I did. Absolutely not, no. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, I kind of approach most things in life kind of the same way. So I'm like, if anything, it's going to be a great learning experience. <laughs> so I didn't mind that. What popped into my head, though, was like, as you're asking your question, you're like, yeah, but I had more experience. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, you mean that you were in non treaty control? I was like, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I started laughing, like, uh, stop. <laughs> but no, I didn't, I didn't, um, it didn't, it didn't cause any concerns <coughs> excuse me for my for me oh, okay. like i said it was more like well i mean like maybe he can teach me something for real so you were comfortable or it made you feel comfortable no i was comfortable yeah okay yeah, all right what's the question um the question is sorry that pops in my head why i don't know um Oh, how are you feeling in your body? Why? Can you ask a different one? Yes, a Those different are, one. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the questions and you be like, well, can, they're at the end of the chapter. Yeah, I know. On? This one went to the other chapter. Oh. So it's asking about stoplights, boundaries. Stoplights. I can stop. I can talk about that. <laughs> Remember how you talked about playbooks. If you're venting to another person of the opposite sex, sometimes you can be giving them the playbook to your heart. This isn't a playbook. This is this I'm is that was this easier. is the, this is the second half of the manual. This is no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer that question. So, what is my stoplights? Yeah, what are your stoplights? Um, leave are, my booty alone. Aren't the stoplights the same thing as your um, brakes? Boundaries? No, I said brakes. No. Brakes are different than stoplights. So then what's a stoplight? For oh, me, the stoplight is red, yes. red, yellow, and green. Green yeah. is we can do these things. Yellow is... Brakes are pretty much what turn you off. And so that's yeah, what okay. they express in the book. When you okay. stoplights and your brakes. So the stoplight is leave my butt alone. That is a no-no. Okay. And I don't have any brakes. Yes, you do. No, I don't. The game. The game? Mm -hmm. Football or basketball? Because your team just, no. Not happening. I mean, not that it's a problem for you, because I'm usually watching it with you. So let's say. Oh, you ready to go on the Warriors and the Heat are playing? Yes. Oh, they can wait till later. Lies. I've already tested the theory. No. No, you have not. Yes, I have so too. I will be a warrior in the room, and it will be heat hot in the room. No. You don't even pick up on the signals. Oh, probably don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that, with that. It's also. not late enough, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, um, 
Yeah. Stoplights. I can't think of any except the back door. Um, I'm sure there are more. It's pretty, actually it's usually positional. And it's more so like that position causes me pain. As in like, ow, my back is contorted and my back is, my spine is not supposed to do <laughs> this. <laughs> no, stop. Other than like, that's usually, I'm just like. Don't I imagine your back is a question mark. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, like, there's not, you know, I think I have, I have more in the yellow category than I do in the red, where it's like, we're just, mm. no. It's almost fluid. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that leads us to the last chapter, which is uh, jealousy. And we're not going to get into it at all, because again, we want you guys to read the book. It's actually cool. It's fun. It's humorous. And so what they talk about in here is a little bit of healthy uh, jealousy. And when you're experiencing that, you know, the effective communicative way to deliver that to your spouse so that way they can make the necessary adjustment uh, to simmer down, I guess, if you will, that boiling emotion of jealousy. And so uh, from our point of view, I think there was a time where I had your... um, Wait, before we get into that. What? Do you think you are a jealous person? No. Okay. So I pretty I pretty much had so if you're thinking of like a pendulum, right? So you have the love tanks over here and you have jealousy over here. So there was a season in which (laughs) the love tanks that's an interesting were six feet on the ground and the jealousy was sky high. And that was, I was feeding the insecurity. I was feeding that emotion because uh, my direction or my focus was on creating stability, uh, if you will, with the locks, making sure that relationship was solid and good. So that way there isn't any issues on that front. And there isn't a, uh, I guess you can say the bridge is up to where I can't cross it to get to the kids. So that was... So, focus, focus, and then go ahead. I'm gonna say it's my well that insecurity that incites the jealousy is twofold. So your um, incessant and irritating <laughs> desire to focus on the mocks whilst also not being jealous in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, that that was the whole thing. It was like, so you're telling me not only are you not focused on me, but those two other ladies, even though I'm here doing all the things, you also are like, Psh, anybody can talk to you. It don't matter. So what purpose do I have? in your life besides helping with the kids I guess like yeah so that was (coughs) that was how that went and yes that was it's a very dark and gloomy time as I said infuriating yeah two points you have two points I'm pretty sure I even shocked pastor man oh yeah 
I mean, but hey, it wasn't like there weren't people there trying to guide me towards it, but some people were just hard headed. Just wasn't gonna do it because it made no sense to me. So yeah. But anyway, like I said at the beginning, <laughs> giving the space <laughs> to grow and to mature as a young man and husband and blah 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 all the things. Yeah, he almost didn't have these things. We wouldn't be here. So I hope the first four chapter review has been good. I hope we gave you guys a little bit of insight on how uh, marriage... So that is a question? There's a question? I thought we answered the question. No, I asked you a question outside. Oh, of, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, well, I guess we don't really have to talk about that. <laughs> is there a person who makes you feel jealous? Your answer is no. Okay, no. What we're going to do, do you feel your relationship is protected? Oh, wait. Let me see. I know. Technically, that was the one that you chose. The second question is what I was using. Yeah. Do you feel a relationship is being protect, is protected by being pen, penetrated by outside forces? If not, why? Yes. I do feel my relationship is protected by outside forces because in the end the way is shut <laughs> you shall not pass are you telling me that I'm such a nerd that nobody else is going <laughs> to is that what you're trying to say no I'm just trying to say that I'm trying to say that um, I guess you say in totality these four chapters I'm, I'm about to nerd out just a little bit just allow me this space. We'll see. These four chapters kind of reminded me of the Ring of Power. So in the Ring of Power, there's there's this stone, and this stone is almost like there's light within the stone rather than light being reflected from the stone. And that's what makes it so unique. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's... A very powerful mineral and it's called mithril it's one of a kind and it, it has this wonderful properties and stuff that it can extend life but I'm speaking on the uniqueness standpoint that I recognize like you're like mithril unique mm -hmm. so I'm not going to allow anyone to go into the mountain and start <coughs> mining for what I feel is unique so no the way it shuts. <laughs> yeah, but the question was, how is it? Or, oh, no, I guess it says, do you feel it's protected? Yes, it is protected. Yeah. And I'm not going to allow anyone to enter the mountain to start digging for what I feel is unique and belongs to me only. Okay. Your answer? Um, let's see. I also believe that the that there isn't an opportunity for anyone to penetrate our <laughs> relationship in any way, shape, form, or fashion, especially in such a way to incite jealousy. Um, for one, he does not get jealous. So that's the most obvious reason. <laughs> um, for two, um, with the way our lives are structured, there's so much of us communicating between each other that there's really no opportunities for there to be, you know, any type of like, um, 
emotional affair or anything like that to spark to that could lead to who knows what else or just the who knows what else um, <coughs> and then also with my natural territory territorialism oh man um, wish we had time to tell you a story about that that was hilarious i honestly know what he's talking about but it was cool at the same time I still don't know what he's talking about. But anyways, <laughs> um, with that, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I think it's pretty much understood that we are a package deal. And unless the both of us say, sure, come on in, it's not happening. <laughs> Which no. that's not happening. <laughs> because there's a direct <laughs> commitment to each other. Like, it's intense. we're intentional about it. And I think mm -hmm. that's what helps with your jealous tendencies. I'm not, not a arising. jealous person. Territorial tendencies. That I am too. To arise because it's it's pretty serious. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no so, one wants, okay. No one wants to witness that. No one wants to be a part of that that cue. No. That cue ain't cute. It's it's yeah, no. Again, I still have no idea what he's talking about. I have all the ideas of what I'm talking about. <laughs> you say something. But yeah, I think that's that's what helps regardless. It, I think it has something to do with, oh, we love each other. But also, <laughs> I think it has more to do that this is who we are as people. Right. That we're not going to make that decision and that choice. Of course, love got something to do with it. Or put ourselves in a position. Yeah, that. where that's even possible because... Really? I don't I don't care. Like oh, okay, whatever. So that's just me. But yeah, so we again let me get back to closing this all up. I hope the first four chapters have been good, giving our little tidbit in there as well. So that way you guys can tell that, you know, marriage be hard sometimes, you know. I just look at the cover picture. I know they they went through some things. <laughs> But yeah, they're very, very well experienced, well spoken, make it fun and humorous again. I keep saying it over and over again because it's true. You guys will be laughing, especially if you're listening on Audible. We do suggest buying the hard copy uh, anyways because, again, they have a lot of conversation starters and you can identify, highlight, oh, I relate to that, or let me answer this question. And you can talk to your significant other about it to strengthen that bond between the two of you. So we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. We hope you drop the answers to the questions that we answered as well in the comments and continue to be interactive with us. We appreciate it. And uh, till the next time, we'll see you guys in about two weeks. So peace.